Welcome to Changes in Latitudes, a transgender experience. A 40-something genderqueer person shares their observations, life stories, and the adventures of their journey through transition and beyond. And now, here's your host, the creator of it all, Charlie Sabrina Miller. Hey, 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 hello everyone. Welcome back. Welcome back. It's great to have you here at the show. It's so wonderful to have you. I love having you here. And now let's love on that band. Ah, yeah. Hey, how are you? Welcome back. It's so great to be here. I'm so excited. I... Oh, I just get so thrilled when I sit down and hit the record button. I'll tell you that right now. That was Tuna Tuna. Thank you so much for being here this episode. I really appreciate it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Main topic, going shopping. This was a suggestion from a, a well, a longtime friend and listener, well, sporadic listener, and just a wonderful person, Jamie W. Thank you so much for this suggestion. So we're going to talk about going shopping. Uh, we have another famous woman sharing the best advice she's either given or received. This week, we're on number 21 of 25. We're getting down, getting down. Secondary topic, going to talk about being a patron of the arts. Ooh. Of course, we're going to have some listener feedback. And welcome, new listeners. Welcome. If this is your first episode, welcome aboard this crazy train ride, plane ride, sleigh ride, car ride, buggy ride, whatever ride you want to have. A lap ride. I don't know. <laughs> but however he, however you're joining us, thank you so much for being here this first time. I really appreciate it. I guess we have popped your cherry in the Changes in Latitudes of Transgender Experience realm. <laughs> and of course, welcome back, longtime listeners, binge listeners, and all you people that have tuned in at least once before. Welcome back. Thank you so much. It's, it's nice to have you and know that you're there because of the feedback that I've been getting. Thank you so very much. Now, before we get to anything about this episode, let's briefly talk about last episode, number 75, titled it Weird in Between Genders Phase Year 2, because, well, I had one a year before called Year 1. So, you know, just kind of makes sense going in numerical order that way. Um, I realized I went off on a, well, more than a few tangents in that episode. And as I was editing, I was, wow, it was just so pulling my focus out of it. So I hope it didn't bother your experience with the show. And I also realized I, I kind of carried on about that Tumblr blog I mentioned. And... Uh, I, and I think, I think I did so because my heart goes out to her because she's in her own way is what it all boils down to. She's in her own way. And I hope, I hope someday she does see the light at the end of the tunnel. I mean, not in the morbid fashion. Okay. I'm not going to say that. Okay. I don't mean that. I mean, you know. The light at the end of this journey, the, you know, the joy that's there waiting for everyone at whatever task or journey you're trying to complete, whatever it may be, you know, I just hope that that darkness that she constantly sees turns to light. And re 
realize that she's stressing about things that are totally beyond her control, regardless of any trans status. I mean, it's just stuff that is beyond her control. And being trans on top of it just kind of complicates things. So that's really what it all boils down to. Uh, you can find all past episodes at Changes in Latitudes Podcast at blogspot.com. We're also on iTunes and Stitcher. Leave us ratings, reviews, all that wonderful jazz. Uh, we got an Amazon affiliate link over at the Blogspot page. Check that out. Do your shopping through Amazon. Thank you so much for doing your shopping through Amazon. I really appreciate it. We also have a PayPal donate button if that is your choice of ways of contributing. Join us over on Facebook, facebook.com slash Changes in Latitudes podcast. Lots of fun going on there, posting stuff about trans world and life, and then non-trans stuff because there's other things in life besides being trans. <laughs> if you want to email me, changesinlatitudespodcast at gmail.com, and follow me on Twitter. Now, this has changed. It's probably creeping up to a month and a half, maybe almost two months now. It's at CIL Podcast. I changed it to suit the show a little bit more. So if you've been a binge listener from way back when, and uh, you followed me way back when, don't worry about it. The change happened under the hood. You're not even going to notice. But if you haven't followed me yet, at CIL Podcast over on Twitter. And while you're out there on Twitter floating around the internet, check out our Patreon page, patreon.com slash Changes in Latitudes podcast. Great way to help out the show. This episode, number 76, is brought to us by longtime listener and patron and fan, Joyce B. Joyce, thank you so much for enjoying the show. I truly appreciate it, and I hope you know that. So thank you so very much. And now that we're done with this housekeeping stuff, let's get into the main topic. Main topic of the show, going shopping. Just as the title suggests, it makes it really easy to figure out what the show's about when the title matches the topic, huh? Of course. <laughs> Going to talk about going shopping. As I mentioned, oh, a moment ago, this topic was given to me by a longtime friend, Jamie W. Again, thank you so very much for contributing to the show. I do appreciate it. You know that. You know that. And a while back, what happened was I threw out a question on Facebook saying, hey, I've covered a lot of topics. Send me something that you haven't heard yet. And I got this and a couple others as feedback. So here's one of those topics. And her main question, her main thing was talk about how shopping has changed for me ever since coming out. And, well, let's just, you know, draw the line and say, you know, before coming out and after coming out. Before coming out, I, shopping was just shopping. You know, I needed a pair of jeans. I went and got a pair of jeans. I, sometimes I tried them on. Sometimes I didn't. I needed a shirt. I went and got a shirt. Uh, I needed some new t-shirts. I went and got some new t-shirts. I needed socks. I got socks. I needed underwear. I got underwear. I, I, no, no fuss, no muss, just in and out of the store done. Because it was that simple. It was that easy. Because I didn't really care. I mean, I cared enough don't get me wrong. I cared. I cared enough to go buy a new pair of jeans when I needed it, you know, like, so, okay. But let's face it. Guys clothes, at least from my point of view, guys clothes in comparison to women's clothes are so much more uninspiring. There's very little options in the sense of how many different cuts and styles and and colors and all of that. There's more choices in the female section than there is in the male section. Now, I'm sure somewhere out there, some some male-identified person is going to speak up and say, no, I feel the exact opposite of you. Well, that's wonderful <laughs> for you. 
because I'm sure you feel that way about women's clothes. There's too much. I don't want to see so much this and skirts and pants and shirts and blouses and T-shirts and tank tops and camisoles and blah, 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 blah. You know what I mean? So, I mean, you know, so there's, there's many more options to choose from, let's say, and many looks to, to choose from. And now, granted, now... 2016, there are more choices in the male section. I've come to notice. Not that I care, but there are more choices in the male section. But shopping for me as a guy was never really, I never really cared about it. You know, if there was something very specific that I needed to get, I went and got it. I, I went and found it, tried it on, maybe, depending on what it was, and got it. No, no fuss, no muss, as I said before. But with women's clothes, there's so many choices. And... In just the, you know, hour, let's say, or maybe a little more of going and going through the racks and choosing a few items, you know, however many the changing room will allow, you know, a couple, four, six, eight, you know, whatever, every place is a little different. And going into that changing room for uh, 10, maybe 15 minutes, depending on you and, you know, the clothes you brought and being able to create just within that changing of clothes a totally different look. I mean, a completely different look because of whatever you're trying on. And that's that to me, that's just exciting and fun and different. And so that's one of the things that I really enjoy. And that is different from, you know, before coming out and after coming out. And I realize that I enjoy window shopping more. Well, it's not like I didn't like it before, but it's, but now when I look in the window, I can actually think about, Hey, I wonder if they have that in my size. And it's not, it's not anything, you know, weird or crazy or different or, you know, do I, should I be thinking this or should I not be thinking this? Yeah. I can honestly look in, in a catalog or a window or something like that or the internet and say, I wonder if they have that in my size. You know, I love going, going quote unquote shopping on Amazon. <laughs> I've got wish lists so fucking long with stuff that I would, well, I, I don't know, maybe an eighth of the things I will, I'll eventually in my life end up getting. But the, the seven eighths that are remaining, no, that's just fun, frivolous. Ooh, I'd like that. Ooh, I'd like that. Ooh, I'd like that. It's a wish list. You know, that's, that's the whole thing with it. But uh, <laughs> I, I, think, I think a lot of people have that, to be quite honest. Why else would they make a wish list? Uh, yeah, see? <laughs> okay. But, but that's specifically clothes shopping. You know, but let's bring in other shopping. You know, there's, there's going to the grocery store. You know, and going to the grocery store really wasn't all that different because, again, I make a list, I go in, I get my stuff, and I come out. Well, what's really changed with going grocery shopping is my child because, you know, we make a game of it. We have fun about it. I ask him about fruits and vegetables or he points out certain things or he reads certain things or, you know, it's, it's, it's an outing now with my, with my child. And it usually takes, you know, double the time or three times the, the time to go out and go shopping unless it's a very specific thing that I'm quickly running in and out for, which is usually a couple items and then I'm done. But I'm talking about the, you know, the weekly, the bi-weekly grocery shopping. So that's what's really changed with that. Uh, and I'm very methodical with my shopping. I, I usually go into the store and start at one side and make my way all the way to the other side. Now, I don't go up every single aisle. I know people that do that methodically, up and down, up and down, up and down, and it makes perfect sense so you don't miss anything. I, instead of pushing up and down, unless I have the time and I'm spending time with my child, but usually I just kind of glance down the aisle, 
see if this is something I'm needing, if there's something I need down that aisle, and then move on. Because there's a lot of the time that my child says, I want to look at, and it's usually down the aisle I don't need to go down, but I end up going down just, you know, okay, well, let's go look at this, and we'll move on with our lives from there. But then once I reach the other end of the store, I do a little double check on my list against things that are in the, the basket, of course, you know, make sure I got everything, didn't miss anything. And then usually, not always, I'll make it all the way back across the store, this time definitely glancing down every aisle to make sure, okay, did I get anything? Did I miss anything? Did I, am I something, something, something? All the way to the beginning of it. And then I'm on my way to the checkout. Now, the reason I do a double back, because some people are like, what, you don't trust yourself? You don't trust your list making? What, what, what? No. The purpose for that is to grab the cold or frozen items the very last time through the store, such as, you know, ice cream or frozen vegetables or frozen pizza or, you know, (laughs) there's usually two or three, sometimes four aisles of frozen items. You know, fill in the blank with what you're going to pick up. There's so many options. You got meals, desserts, and everything in between. Some of it's good for you. Some of it's not good for you. Well, welcome to the grocery shopping. But... That's when I'll grab the frozen stuff so it stays as cold as possible for as long as possible and doesn't, you know, spoil or get that weird flavor that sometimes it can have. Or the ice crystals that build up because it's been partially defrosted, you know, all those things that we all go about. But there are some times that I don't do that because I know what I need and I'm in a hurry, so I grab the frozen stuff and I'm, you know, in line right then and there. Usually the frozen stuff I try to get last. Now, the first time I really went shopping in Femme after coming out and, and, you know, declaring to the world, this is who I am, it was liberating to a degree of, look at me, I'm just another woman with her child in the store. And that was a wonderful feeling because there was a bunch of other women in the store with their children. And what's, what's different and strange about that is how... Everybody else looked at me because when I was a guy with my child in the store, oh, look, there, or just a guy in the store, oh, look, there's a guy in the store. He's got to be doing, he's either single or, you know, he's running an errand. You know, I, I do predominantly most of the cooking in the relationship and I always have, you know, which is fine by me. So I do most of the shopping. But when, I, when I'm out and femme and, and, you know, presenting that way and feeling that way, The energy coming off of other people is completely different, and that's the most unique thing about shopping. And I get that even going clothes shopping, just the way that the employees and the other people in the stores uh, generate that, that vibe, you know, is completely different. And it's not a vibe of, you know, is that a trans person? Is that a guy? Is that a girl? What's going on? It's not that vibe. It's not that, that you know, being, you know, looked over, <laughs> trying to figure you out feeling. No, it's like, oh, there's just another woman there. And it's, it's different. And it's cool, for me at least. And, but different. And so that would be the biggest, biggest thing, I would say, between, you know, before coming out and after coming out. Now, since we are talking about shopping, let's talk about you know, how I used to shop before coming out when I was still in the closet and it was very much a personal private thing and didn't really share it. This is before the ease of Amazon. Amazon was still around, but the ease of getting something returned, the amount of items that they offer, you know, all that is not what it is now. You know, we're talking a good 10, 13 years ago and then before that as well. So I had to do a lot of my clothes shopping in the store, but... As a guy, 
So I could only pick up, you know, one or two items because it would, my backup story would be, oh, my girlfriend, wife asked me to come in and get her, you know, this specific thing, you know, and I, I, (laughs) sometimes I'd even write it down on a piece of paper as if it was like making a note so I didn't fuck up the, the, uh, the errand. (laughs) But anyway, that was part of the cover. That was part of being in the closet about it. So now I can go in, grab a bunch of clothes, go try them on, and then take what I want, take buy what I want, whether it's, you know, a good number of things or just a couple things or nothing because, you know, nothing works out. So in the beginning, I really had to guess at sizes. Yes, I had a measuring tape and I read online, you know, the, the, uh, the size ranges and such, but I really had to kind of guess. And that made it really hard to go into a store and, you know, find out what size it was. I mean, one time I said, you know, I walked in and said, uh, yeah, I'm trying to find a whatever it was. I think it was a dress of some sort for my girlfriend. And, oh, what size is it? Well, I, you know, I don't know. She's, she's about my size, you know, around, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like they couldn't figure that out. But, uh, you know, it's not impossible to be like that as a couple. And so they found something. and. You know, after taking it home and trying it on, it fit. It was great. It was perfect. I think it was just a simple, simple uh, pullover dress. It was years and years ago. It was two thousand four, three, something like that. I don't know. Too long ago to really remember. But that was one experience. Uh, other experiences would be going in and grabbing a couple sizes and then returning the incorrect size later. Uh, and that worked out probably the best because I'd grab was you know eventually I found out I was like a size twelve. 12, 14. And so I'd grab either a, a 12 or a 14 or a 16 because sometimes 14s didn't work and then return whatever I didn't need. Now that was, that was not financially the easiest because there was always that holdup of, of, you know, one or two items waiting for the transaction to clear and the money to return and everything. So the, uh, the, the repetition of shopping wasn't as easy to, to come by, you know, I mean, it just wasn't. And I'll never forget the first time that, you know, I was out clothes shopping. I think it was Target or maybe Walmart or, you know, one of those places like that. Just be, or JCPenney, maybe. Uh, Mervyn's, Ross. I, I went to a mall, so, it's, you know, it's kind of hard to, to say because there are some, you know, different things and different deals at all of those locations. And going out was just was fantastic because I didn't have to hide the fact that I was looking at women's clothes to purchase uh, was able to make more selections off the rack to try on, uh, was able to try them on. <laughs> I mean, that's a big thing right there in the store. And it was just a wonderful feeling. And a long time ago, you know, when I was doing my purchases and things and I was building up confidence and to such like that, I was realizing that, you know, even if I go out and say, hey, my, my girlfriend, my wife's told me, you know, go pick this item up this size, you know, blah, 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 whatever my spiel was then, you know, bottom line, these businesses, especially if they're in a mall, are built for making money. That's their goal. Make money. So they don't care really who they're selling it to. They just want it sold. And so once I realized that, I went, you know, it's going to be real easy to just, you know, go in, say, hey, I need this. They're going to give it to me and I'm going to pay for it because that's what they want. They want to move the product out the door. They don't really care if who it's, who it's for. I mean, I'm sure there are some places out there that do. But you know what? Fuck them. <laughs> it's, they're losing money. Uh, not a smart business move. But, 
but they're in the business of making money. And so once you're over that, once you get that through your mind, it makes the whole shopping thing so much easier. They want your money. They don't care if the clothing is for you. They want your money. And that's, that's for somebody who's you know, still in the closet or feels that they can't, uh, or feels that they can't, now this is an old school term, but you're going to know what I mean, pass, quote unquote. If there are smart business people, they are not going to care. And they're, they're probably should step up the customer service a little bit more when it, comes to, when it comes to somebody like that or us or me or whoever. They should because it's nerve-wracking. It's very nerve-wracking. I remember before coming out, I went out shopping a f- couple different times with a girlfriend uh, out of town. And I don't remember, I think, you know, a couple shirts or something. Um, one place I do remember shopping with my ex was the stores at Disneyland. And that was cool. Not, they don't have any changing rooms, so it's not like you could try, try anything on. But you could go through and essentially window shop and hold up different items. And that's just what, still one of my favorite things to do. So that was probably the very first window shopping and femme experience I ever had. Because I started doing that in the... Uh, I think the first time was 2003, 2004. So, you know, it was right in that same time. But that same girlfriend and I went shopping out of town a couple times, and that was lovely. I mean, didn't really try anything on because I was too afraid. But, nah, whatever now. <laughs> and and that was fun and good and a learning experience because, well, she had been dealing with female sizes all her life, and so she knew how to help pick out sizes. And so that was a great learning experience i mean the only places that i've ever have been in femme where i just kind of get a look is places where they don't sell you know age-appropriate clothing to myself like hot topic or uh oh crap uh, some other teeny bopper stores you know i mean they think i'm i'm purchasing for a niece a nephew a cousin a child whatever they're thinking and so that's the only time but you know what it's this nature of those stores it does not nothing to do with being trans you know you're yeah somebody who is not necessarily going to wear the style of clothing that a particular store carries is going to stand out because the people are going to look at you and say okay you don't wear these types of clothes what are you doing here are you buying a gift how can i help you you know that's that's their reaction it would be like somebody who doesn't drink Going into a bar, you know, maybe not so much anymore, but in the past, going into the bar and ordering non-alcoholic drinks, whatever those are, punch or water or Canada Dry Ginger Ale or root beer, you know, whatever, non-alcoholic beer, you know, whatever, constantly, all the time. Because, you know, I mean, yes, you could be the designated driver, you know, this time around, but usually the next time you're back, you're going to drink because somebody else is the designated driver, you know. But back in the day when everybody drank and there was no such thing as a designated driver, if you went in and only drank non-alcoholic drinks, you're going you're gonna to get looked at funny because that's why are you here, <laughs> you know? I mean, unless you were, you know, ahead of your time. And yes, I'm going to be driving these drunk people home. <laughs> okay, good for you. Smart move. But you get my point. You're going to stand out. It's not necessarily a drawing attention to you. It's just you, this is not your normal hangout. Well, how can I help you? sort of thing. You know, I'm looking for a gift for so-and-so. So those are the only places where I've gotten that look, but I'm going to chalk it up to, hey, you're out of your element. How can I help you? Now, since we are talking about shopping, I cannot leave out 
Shoe shopping. Uh, I love shoe shopping. I always have. I remember from, the, and I've talked about this before, so long-time listeners, you know, just hang on, hold on to your hats and glasses for just a moment. I'm going to get through it real quick. Catch everybody up. Uh, the first time I put on a pair of heels, I just, it was one of those yes moments. It was just, ah, yeah. And it was, I don't know, it was a simple three or four inch heel, maybe five, because I had, I had had, you know, two inch, maybe three inch heels in the past and they were cool. They were, they were feminine, but the moment I put on a higher heel four or five inch, I was, oh yeah, that's sexy. That's, that's, that makes me feel good about myself and surprisingly shoe shopping has never been an issue regardless of how i'm dressed i mean because in the past i would go in looking like a guy and try on a couple heels and purchase them and i'll be on my way my guys my you know hey why am i here doing this story was i'm in theater i need this because i'm doing a show and i need to wear heels oh okay you know and let it go from there if they asked about the show I'll make up something. It's not like they're really going to go. <laughs> Even I know that. So, <laughs> so yeah, I've never had an, had an issue trying on shoes in a store. And most of the time I'm in a Payless store because the price is good. The quality is hit or miss. Usually it's okay because, you know, I'm not tra- traipsing around in them all the time. And they have my size which is a wonderful thing and always have had my side. These actually increased the uh, number of selections and the number of sizes now, but they've always had my size for the last decade or a little more. So shoe shopping has always been fun. When I was doing it in femme, it was even better and dressed and dressed as me, you know, and, and expressing that side of myself. That was so much better because it was the whole package out there experiencing that moment of, of happiness, of joy, of trying on a new pair of shoes, you know, fill, in, fill in your understanding of that. So that's, you know, going shopping in a nutshell, basically. I mean, it's not like I go out and buy a car all the time. It's not like I go out and buy, you know, electronic equipment all the time. It's not like I'm in and out of Radio Shack every day, you know. Uh, the couple times I had to do those sorts of things, not that I bought a car, <laughs> Not that I bought any electronic equipment, but you follow me. Uh, I think what I had to do one time was go into GameStop to buy some component or something. It was on order. I just picked it up. And Radio Shack, because I needed a power cord for my phone. And no issues, no problems, nothing nothing off like that. It was For me, it was more awkward because... I was more, I don't want to say comfortable going in there as a guy, but I was more comfortable going in there as a guy because those types of places, not so much anymore though, those types of places in my past, unfortunately were sexist. And so, you know, they would treat a woman as if she didn't know what she was asking about. And a guy as, oh, they know what they're looking for. They don't need any help. So, you know, going in and femme, I was approached, hey, how can I help you? What are you looking for? Versus going in as a guy, oh, you you don't need to need any help. You'll find it. Sort of, you know, customer service experience, and that's Radio Shack specifically. The and that's from two different Radio Shacks here in the San Diego area. But I've mentioned going to the convenience store nearby, not a problem. A couple of local gas stations, no problem. A few restaurants around here that we've you know gone to over the last couple of years, not a problem. And I do feel very blessed. Let me make sure, you know, everybody knows that up front. I feel blessed. I, I, I realize that the 
blending of the genders for myself is a lot easier than some others that I've heard of and have spoken to and have read about and, and know. But please also realize, I don't think it's as easy as some of some of these other people that we've seen in the spotlight over the last year and change where where it's like, whoa, oh, OK, well, yeah, it makes sense that you're, you know, transgender, transsexual, transvestite, crossdresser, what have you, because of how you look when you are presenting in, you know, your that preferred gender or that comfortable gender or however you personally des- describe it for yourself. You know, they're usually the ones that get the uh, unsolicited response of, oh, I never would have guessed you were born, insert birth gender. You know, those are the ones that probably get the bom- most bombardment with that. <laughs> I-, I don't feel that way. I, I feel uh, very comfortable, very lucky to be able to blend both. And-, and in the last six, seven months or so, been able to really embrace that. That's that's To me, that's just awesome. So now... Now I'd go shopping. Well, I'll, I'll be honest. If I were to go shopping for you know f- female clothes, I'd go. I'd go female because it's as I just mentioned over the last whatever twenty minutes or so. It's a lot easier to go in, grab some clothes, try them on. Plus, looking female makes the image in the mirror all that better, you know. And then go on with my day. And the same is true if I was going to go buy guy clothes. I'd go looking like a guy, as guyish as I can, and you know, I'm on my way. So I think that covers just about everything with shopping. Let's hear from our sponsor, Tom Slayton. When you need a professional who specializes in writing, photography, or web design, contact Tom Slayton. At Tom's website, TomSlayton.com, you'll find brilliant WordPress themes, discounts and links for fantastic online services, and sage wisdom from the master himself, Tom Slayton. TomSlayton.com even features a wonderful eclectic collection of photographs seldom seen elsewhere. Visit TomSlayton.com. That's T-O-M-S-L-A-T-I-N.com. Ah, TomSlayton.com. Tom, thank you so much for helping out the show. I do appreciate it. This week I'm sharing TomSlayton.com forward slash something's wrong with me. This is one of his little essay things, uh, blog entries that he throws out there every once in a while. He tweeted it the other day or last week or something, and it caught my eye and I said, I'm going to share this on the show. And he writes... For years, I was convinced that something's wrong with me, simply because I've always been caring and nurturing, a quality often associated with femininity or male homosexuality. My story starts long ago, during the days of my youth. As long as I can remember, and possibly as far back as any one of my longtime friends can recount, I've always been extremely open-minded, easygoing, accepting, caring, and nurturing. Such qualities, the majority of my friends, who also happen to be female, also possess. When I was younger, and well into my adulthood, I was the ultimate keeper of secrets. All of my friends confided in me in their deepest, darkest, and scariest of secrets, their fears, and their insecurities in search of acceptance and caring. I never judged any of my friends, regardless of the things they tried to hide from the world. Instead, I maintained a completely open mind and showed my support, love, and caring, regardless of the circumstance. Throughout grade school, summer camp, and eventually high school, I was always rejected by the girls I found attractive. The one exception was Allegra, whom I was deeply attracted to at age 16. She was my first love, and for a few years we maintained a long-distance relationship. But she was too immature to fully understand the concept of what a relationship was, and I think that her goal was simply to see how long she could keep me interested in her. I clearly remember one summer asking out Laura, a very good friend of mine. 
We'd been close friends since childhood. She declined, stating that we were too close as friends and that she knew that I was not right for her. After sensing my disappointment, she gave me a hug and told me that someday I would meet a woman who would be perfect for me. At the time, I thought that she was right for me, but I realize now that she and I would never worked out if we were in a romantic relationship. The following summer, I met Gail, who was about the same age as me, and at the time, she was everything that I looked for in a potential romantic relationship. We were both camp counselors at summer camp, and we worked together on a regular basis in several different capacities. I remember giving her all the signs of being interested during the summer months, and remember she was always nice and friendly and never seemed nervous about being alone with me. After spending almost the entire summer sending out signals of being romantically interested in her and getting no response, I finally resulted to formally asking her out. To this day, I am still haunted by her reaction. Gail at first was surprised that I was indeed interested in her romantically, she said that all summer long she thought that I too might be the right type for her, but she hesitated getting involved romantically because she was convinced that men like me, who were caring, sensitive, nurturing, and had feelings, were homosexual, and therefore not interested in a romantic relationship with a woman. When I told Gail that I was completely heterosexual and deeply attracted to women, she was shocked. Her explanation was that men like me simply do not exist. It was at that particular time that I was convinced that something was wrong with me. The experiences I had with the constant rejection from the opposite sex due to my caring personality sent me into a deep depression. I questioned why women always thought of me as being not their type or simply homosexual. In modern society, it is a common misconception that just because a man is caring, nurturing, accepting, and a good listener that he is homosexual. The truth is that while the majority of men are too caught up in showing how masculine they are and proving that they are real men, they do everything they can to hide and or suppress their real feelings. I know from experience that many of my homosexual male friends seem to have caring, understanding, nurturing, and supportive traits, but not all of them possess these qualities. Generalization and stereotyping of people in personality traits leads to confusion, misunderstanding, and sometimes even pain and depression. Moreover, I have noticed over the years that a lot of girls seek out boyfriends who treat them poorly and avoid the caring, nurturing types like myself who are seeking a long-term, meaningful relationship. I sought the advice of another very close friend of mine named... He suggested that I have a fling of sorts as a test to see if I was indeed interested in seeking a romantic relationship with a woman, even if the relationship was nothing more than a sexual experience. So, at age 20, I asked a good friend of mine for her help and advice. We were good friends, and after knowing her for a few years, I ended up losing my virginity to her. It was an experience that completely changed my outlook on life, relationships, and that's his entry. Tom, I am so touched because I had a very similar experience in that, you know, being effeminate, we'll say, feminine qualities that something was wrong with me as well. Because there was, there was a good number of girls that I asked out and was turned down, very similar to your story. And conversely, there was a good number of women that were attracted to me to at least say, yes, let's go out on a date. <laughs> you know, And it worked out from there and, and such as such. But you're, you're not alone. This, this has happened to many a person. Many, many a person. So thanks for sharing, and thanks for sponsoring the show. Folks, go check out TomSlayton.com.
and show him some love. Twenty-five famous women share the best advice they've either given or received. This week we're on number twenty-one. Getting down there, getting down to the line. It's coming up fast. Going to be done here in about oh, what four or more episodes, maybe? I don't know. I can't do math. I'll let you figure that out. This week we have Laverne Cox. Laverne Cox. Now, if you don't know who Laverne Cox is, then you're under a rock or something because you know she's out there everywhere. Even I, who have not had a chance to see the wonderful show Orange is the New Black yet, I know, I know, I'm horrible, I'm horrible, I need to watch it. Haven't had a chance yet. Haven't had a chance yet. I've mentioned a few times in the past my viewing habits of Netflix. So, and it's just, or the lack thereof, okay? We'll, we'll say that. So I haven't had a chance to sit down and watch it. But I will. But I will. I plan on it. It's in, it's in my queue, as they say. But Laverne Cox was on the cover of Time Magazine last year. So I, everybody should fucking know who Laverne Cox is, is in, in, in my opinion. And her quote is, I think for trans folks, the struggle is, even as we want to transition and be a better version of ourselves, we have to love who we are today. Oh, powerful words. Such powerful words. And it's powerful words regardless of transition. Regardless of trans status, take trans out of the equation. Take the fact that a trans woman said it out of the equation. I mean, it makes less sense if a non-trans woman said it, if a cis woman said it. But but you follow me on that. <laughs> now, you know, this is kind of funny because this really pertains to what I was just saying last episode and briefly this episode about the uh, the, the trans woman's blog on Tumblr. I, wow. <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah, we have to love who we are today. So, so powerful, so powerful. I mean, you got to love yourself first, regardless of any identity or sexual orientation, quote unquote, issues or struggles or whatever you want to use to define that. You know, you have to love yourself or you're not going to move forward or do anything. You won't. I mean, think of it this way. When a building is built, the foundation has got to be strong enough to hold up that building. You know, it's got to be deep enough, strong enough, firm enough to hold up whatever structure is going to be on top of it. I mean, if you build a building on sand, it's not going to be around for very long. The sand's going to erode. It's going to, you know, dissipate and all that. It's, I mean, that's old school building. That's, you know, 100-year-old building that way. But now you've got to have a strong, firm foundation to make this, to make it stand and work well, the same thing goes. You've got to love yourself to have a firm foundation so you can build up and move on from there. And it's a tough thing. It's, loving yourself is a tough thing. It takes a lot of work because you have to first forgive yourself. You have to forgive yourself for, well, a number of things. Everybody's got their own thing. But you've got to forgive yourself. Because if you don't, well, nobody else will. I mean, they might. So you got to start with that self-love so you can, you know, carry it out. And in self-loving yourself, you will be a better person. And now with transition, we're all trying to be better people, you know, trying to be the authentic us and feel more free and all that stuff. That's part of the whole coming out and transitioning process. But 
if you don't love yourself to begin with, I mean, you got to love yourself enough to go through the process because if not, what's the point? If you don't love yourself now, it's going to be real hard to love yourself later. So that was number 21. We've got four left. Four left. Yes, I counted on my fingers and I figured out we've got four left. I'm always looking for a list of stuff to do here. So if you got ideas, send it my way. Changes in Latitudes podcast at gmail.com. secondary topic we made it oh we're here i mentioned a few episodes ago i'm looking for a different title to title this secondary topic area i've got a few suggestions and a few ideas of my own send them my way when i get a decent amount i'm going to let everybody know and do some sort of uh do some sort of poll or survey or you know head count or something like that to see what people like and we'll change the darn thing this week's secondary topic I've talked about this briefly in the past, and I spend a little bit of time on it here and there, but I'm really going to kind of lay it out right now. I'm talking about Patreon and being a patron of the arts. Uh, I I mention it briefly in every episode, but I mean in detail. Uh, Now, I bring this up because as I'm out there cruising the internet and checking things out on Facebook and Twitter and Tumblr and, uh, oh, what else? Oh, the occasional Google Plus the occasional Pinterest, you know, those social media sites, you know, as I'm out there doing those things, I constantly see these posts and tweets and such from, from trans people saying, please contribute to my transition. You know, I need monetary assistance for hormones, uh, surgeries. Uh, I just lost my job. I need to pay rent. You know, I just lost my job. I need my HRT. You know, things like that. Legitimate things. Don't don't get me wrong. I'm not negating that. But I see those a lot. And then I see the follow-up posts of, thank you so much for contributing. I made it. I, I got this and that and the other thing. And you're wonderful. And, you know, all those things that, you know, go along with that. So I'm not knocking it. Don't get me wrong. Now, I bring this up because as I'm out there doing social media and such, you know, Twitter and Facebook and Tumblr and what else do I do occasionally? Google Plus and Pinterest and Instagram on occasion, you know, social media sites. I see posts from people, you know, basically saying, hey, help me, please contribute to my transition, you know, through GoFundMe or uh, I can't think of any other sites offhand. I'm drawing a blank right now, but you know what I mean. Be, and the, these people are legitimate. They, they, hi, I need hormones. Hi, I need an operation. You know, they're they're legitimately in need. I get it. And then on the follow up, you get the, the the follow up back. Hey, thank you so much for contributing. I made my goal. I'm going to be able to get you know whatever it is this month's hormones, or you know I'm you know that much closer to obtaining the total dollar amount for this operation I want, need, desire. You know, fill in the blank. And that's why. I started the Patreon page because out there, these people are saying, please contribute to my financial, let's just say success. (laughs) Okay. We'll call it. And that's essentially what I'm doing on Patreon. You know, I mean, longtime listeners are going to know that, that, you know, medical transition is not my goal, but that doesn't mean I don't, you know, have transition expenses, quote unquote, 
in coming out as genderqueer, gender fluid, my wardrobe fucking doubled. You know, I like I was mentioning earlier in the show, I, I'll go out and shop for female clothes. I'll go out and shop for guy clothes because, you know, I'll wear both. Not all the time. Usually I lean towards the female clothes. But, you know, if I'm going to do, say, some yard work or something, I want a, you know, a guy's pair of jeans because they're comfortable. They're usually not as fashionable, so they're a little more rugged. And, you know, it helps out working in the garden eh? or any other thing around the house. So there's just one example. Uh... So, so I don't necessarily have that, you know, oh, I'm not going to get my hormones this month or I'm saving up for this operation. My, that's, those are not my goals, you know. Uh, where the money goes from the patrons over on Patreon? Well, I do promote on Facebook on occasion. So, I, you know, so there's where some of it goes. It also goes for fuel in my car, uh, food for the table, uh, clothing usually for my kid and my wife and myself. Uh, not all the time, but it's it has uh, just just you know excursions with the family to you know let's say the zoo or the park or a museum or something like that. Uh, date night with my wife on occasion, uh, you know things that you know bring me happiness, quote unquote. Uh, you know, um, speaking of that, other things you know makeup, nail polish, uh, hair color. Um, breast forms, because you've got to be replaced about every year, year and a half, depending on usage and, you know, how hot it's been and how much I sweat and all that stuff. You know, they break down. It's not, it's not a permanent thing. Um, and then thanks for the podcast. Like I mentioned, Facebook ads. Um, I purchased a program that attaches to Skype to cleanly record the conversation on Skype. So there was one, you know, thing coming back to the podcast. Uh, eventually, my goal is to get a domain name so I don't have to keep going to Blogspot all the time. Uh, I am in need of an external hard drive, so there's where part of it is being saved up for. That's probably the uh, hardest goal to reach right now because i got to move stuff off the computer and save save other things and this, that, and the other. You, you, Computer geeks are going to know exactly what I'm talking about. You know, you got to move stuff off your computer. Uh, and then stuff for the show, you know, certain sound effects and certain music and, and things like that, you know. Uh, and as I've explained on the Patreon page, patreon.com slash changes in latitudes podcast, by the way. I'm looking to, you know, upgrade my equipment and increase the equipment so I can make personal one-on-one interviews a little better, higher quality. You know, long-time listeners know what I'm talking about because of, you know, some of the interviews we had last year. Plus the goals that are out on Patreon for, you know, other things that I want to do. So that's why I have Patreon. Because it it really is helping out on my day-to-day life. You know, my living life. It's not... Just, you know, hey, so I can go and do this frivolous thing. No, it's, it's going to important stuff. And, and I figured it would be a good thing to let everyone know what it's all about uh, and why I started it. So, and, and, and what do you get out of it? You get the podcast. And I am tr- really trying hard to work on some of the rewards that, are, that I have posted there. I, I, I need to reevaluate and revamp the rewards. But bottom line, the podcast, you know, my sharing of my story, my journey, my life is what you get back, you know, for whatever your contribution is. So if you haven't done so already, go check out patreon.com slash changes in latitudes podcast. There's a video there talks about how Patreon works. I've got my goals listed out there. The lowest dollar amount I have listed there is a dollar. And I think it goes up to 20. Choose your poison, as they say. And consider contributing and consider becoming a patron of the show.
Now, a little quick secondary topic of the secondary topic. Uh, just recently, we had the Oscars. And we don't pay for cable television. We pay for internet, but we don't pay for cable television. And our digital antenna, for whatever reason, did not pick up and does not pick up the station where the Oscars were broadcast. So we didn't get a chance to watch the Oscars, but we followed it on our phone and Twitter and all that. So we basically saw it as it was happening. And I got pop-ups, you know, news alerts and Twitter alerts on my phone as the Oscars were happening. And, and I realized as all these winners were being announced, I hadn't heard of nor seen a good number of the movies they were talking about. Nor did I know of or hear of a number of the actors, performers, you know, entertainers that they spoke of. And I realized just how out of touch I am. And I realized I don't care so much. I mean, yeah, I'd like to see more movies. Yeah, I'd like to, you know, be more involved a little bit like that. But I don't feel like I lost out on anything. I don't. I really don't. And I think part of that is because I watch a lot of stuff on Netflix. Uh, you know, it may take a while for it to get to Netflix, but I do a lot of watching like that. Now, don't get me wrong. I do watch the big ones in the movie theater, the big ones that matter to me, you know, like Star Wars. And uh, I can't think of the last one I saw, but I don't get a chance to really go out to the movies that often. And, oh, I, I know the, one of the ones we saw before Star Wars was Inside Out with the kid. And that's a cute movie. If you haven't had a chance to see that, go see that. That's fun. Very well done. But like I said, I realized I didn't miss out so much. And the weird thing is, is, oh, I don't know, 20 some odd years ago, I really cared about a lot of these, you know, award shows. I don't care so much anymore. Plus, also back then, there was a smaller circle of actors that kept getting nominated and receiving awards. It was the same, you know, however many, what, 50 some odd people that kept getting the same awards, which was a good thing and a bad thing. And now there's just so many new faces and people that I, I don't, I don't even know if it's really that easy to keep up with it all. So regardless of how you enjoyed the Oscars, I hope you enjoyed them enough to know at least a little bit more than I did watching them. Because I know that if I had watched them, I would have been like, okay, what? What's this? And I probably would have been on IMDb the entire time, you know, checking out who these people were. But ultimately, I don't feel like I was, was left out. Strangely enough, I don't. I don't. That's right. Listener feedback time. Here we go. Listener feedback. This episode, we have two listener feedbacks. Uh, The first one goes out to Nicole W., uh, this is a person that I actually met in life and befriended on Facebook uh, because we had met in person. And since that point, our friendship has evolved and grown, and et cetera, et cetera. Because you learn about somebody when you become Facebook friends. You go back, you look through their page, you look through their pictures, you see what their posts are, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And you learn about them. And so that's kind of where our friendship has uh, evolved to. And uh, she messaged me and commented on one of the photos I had recently posted on my own personal timeline. And I just thanked her for it. And then I said, hey, have you had a chance to listen to my podcast? Because I promote it on my own page as well. And I didn't think she had because 
she didn't strike me as one of those types of podcast listener people. You, you know what I'm talking about. But surprisingly, she is. So that's an awesome feeling. And she said she, she had started to, and she was, you know, catching up. She was jumping around and catching up. So hopefully eventually she'll hear this. It may be six months from now, but I'm sure she'll eventually hear this. And I want to say, Nicole, thank you so, so very much for, for your kind words and for listening and for our paths crossing it's just it was such a small wonderful world and i really appreciate it so thank you now this next listener feedback goes to a new listener brand new listener who just found the show messaged me through facebook zaim s wrote me thanking me for the podcasts enjoys the show looking forward to catching up on all the episodes uh, shared some of her struggles with me, and it was just a nice connection through Facebook Messenger. And I wanted to say thank you, Zaim, so very much for not only listening, you know, finding the show and listening, but taking the time to write me and communicate with me and share with me. I, I do appreciate that. And I, and I wanted you to know that, which is why I'm mentioning it here on the show. Zaim also said that she really enjoyed episode five, which was my voices episode for those longtime listeners, binge listeners that have had a chance to listen to that one and asked me to do something like that again in the future. Now, here's the crazy thing. Not even a week before I was doing whatever I do during the day and the thought occurred to me, hey, you know what? I should probably do another Voices episode just because it's fun. I enjoyed it, and the feedback I've gotten, even though it's limited and small, it's, I mean small in the sense of referencing that specific episode about the Voices. So I decided, you know, hey, I should do one of those. And then lo and behold, within a week, Zayim writes me and says, hey, I really like that episode. I, could you do another one? So let me think about it because I don't want to just repeat what I did. Let me think about it. And in the next few episodes, I'll put something out like that somewhere, somewhere in the show. I don't know. I'll figure it out. Holy mackerel, we made it. It's here. There's the closing music. We made it to the end of the show. Oh, all right. Please return the stewardesses to their upright position. Get ready for a landing. Get ready to pull into the station. Whatever vehicle you're traveling on, if, if you're bouncing along in a buggy, whatever you're doing, prepare to end. That's <laughs> basically what I'm saying. Thank you so much for listening through the end of the show. Next episode, uh, another listener suggestion. This one is going to be coming out to new friends. I'm always looking for guests, and I'm always looking for topics. Send them my way, changesinlatitudespodcast at gmail.com. And now, as Jimmy Buffett says, if I couldn't laugh, I just would go insane. If we couldn't laugh, we just would go insane. If we weren't all crazy, we would go insane. Stay crazy, everyone. Take care of yourself. Take care of someone else. And I'll see you next week. listening to Changes in Latitudes, a transgender experience. I'd love to hear from you, so let me know what you think or what you'd like to hear about by emailing me at changesinlatitudespodcast at gmail.com or by leaving a comment on the Facebook page at facebook.com slash 
Changes in Latitudes podcast. Or at the website, changesinlatitudespodcast.blogspot.com. Don't forget to subscribe in Stitcher, iTunes, or your favorite podcatcher, and please leave us reviews and star ratings. Now, wait for it. Here it comes. Disclaimer time. Disclaimer time. Disclaimer time. Disclaimer time. Disclaimer time. I am not a doctor nor a lawyer, and I certainly do not pretend to be one. I am a trans woman who began her transition later in life. I am here to discuss my life, so I take no responsibility for your decisions based on my personal thoughts and experiences. If you are thinking about transition or are questioning your gender identity, first, please know that you are not alone in your thoughts and questions. Second, please seek the advice of a qualified gender therapist or at the very least a local support group. If you're having difficulty finding a qualified professional in your area, I suggest reaching out to the closest LGBT center near you. And lastly, please remember, always question the source when researching information on the internet. All contents are distributed under a Creative Commons no derivative license and may be shared freely in their entirety. Any alteration or less than complete reproduction requires permission from the host. Copyright 2016 by me, Charlie Sabrina Miller. Thanks for listening. That's the end. Thanks for listening, and remember...